Greetings and welcome to the pod. My name is Mark West. Do you have a bag full of used swimming caps? Swimming caps are a large source of ocean swimming waste. Often only used once, destined for landfill or the ocean itself, ocean swimming events have not got a handle on how to appropriately use them. And despite popular belief, they do not break down in the environment in any useful time frame. There are important facets of ocean swimming safety so that swimmers can be seen in the water and in their racing waves. But at the end of each season, even mediocre swimmers like myself end up with a bag full of caps, never to be used again. So what can you do? I've been collecting caps for recap over the last few summers to give them to good causes. And one of the places they go is Reverse Garbage, an organisation that saves materials from landfill and renews their value by making them available for reuse by families, students, artists and community groups. Each year they take about 35,000 cubic metres of waste for reuse, saving tonnes of raw material, energy and emissions. I spoke with Kirsten Juno, Creative Director at Reverse Garbage, about what she does with the caps, what Reverse Garbage does in general, interspersed with all sorts of reuse recycle discussion. We recorded in the pub, surely the best way to spend an afternoon recording a podcast, so occasionally the sound quality dips. I started by asking Kirsten, what is it that Reverse Garbage does? Reverse Garbage is a Sydney institution, a unique Sydney institution, I would say. It's been going for over 44 years, started by a group of teachers that could see that there was just so much stuff going to landfill that could be used within the classroom as resources for teaching aids, craft, free play, all these words that kind of didn't exist 45 years ago. They were kind of doing sustainable before it was there was that word that was a thing and and Marriottville was different too because there was a lot more um, light industry so they were able to pick stuff up close by but you know it soon became an institution and so much so that it's intergenerational now so I have people that come in and say I used to come here with my mum as a kid or I used to come here my mum was a teacher my dad was a teacher and they'd bring me here or um, I you know and that is just joyous I always say that I've been shopping I've been shopping there since I was 10 and now I'm working here Um, and it's unique on so many levels I got I got I got ticked up on Facebook for using the word unique the other day, but anyway, I'm still using it. Um, it's special. Um, so not only are we saving resources um, from going to landfill so that they can be reused, we manage to teach kids about environmental issues and reuse before recycling. We, man- we are able to help community groups with buying, you know, keeping their lean budgets on target as it were so we can offer really cheap resources for them film and television we're cheaper than renting so people will come in the day before you know before a shoot and then borrow something overnight and then return it the next day so we keep that circular economy going in you know some weird place so it's just so not only are the resources that get donated to us daily hourly different and special the customer base is as you know it's 
it's just it's just wonderful it's marriage it's marriage well but it's but it's a destination too you know people come from a long way away to go to reverse garbage and you're the creative director i know that's a weird term well like i just i work there really <laughs> what does a creative director do oh well before i I'm, I'm i was employed as the retail manager so i think what do i do i say yes or no to things because we ultimately we are capacity driven so I can't say yes to everything which pains me sometimes but so what comes in how much it goes out for tracking those unique things you know things have a value so I think that's part of my role is making sure because as a not-for-profit we need to make money you know there's that's not a bad thing so that we can keep going and doing exactly so that we can keep going on as as what we what we do um so yeah pricing and styling and you know just keeping the place ticking over really and so you said yes to swimming caps many I times have. Hundreds of swimming caps. <laughs> yes. thousands what, potentially what do you do with them? what do we do with them well what we sell them for the obvious reuse you know, put them on your head, do some laps. Take a sip of beer. Um, then if you cut them across ways, you end up with really big elastic bands. If you cut them in half and put them over something and then put one of those big elastic bands around them, like a cup or a ice cream container or something, then they become a, a drum. So our education department, not department, our education team love them because they are just, well, colour and movement that leads on to teaching other things like STEAM, STEM, you know, so there's that, the physics involved in using a drum and making a drum and sound and that sort of thing. So they do get reused and the other thing that amazes me about reverse garbage is that you think something has only one or two uses, but someone will come in and make something totally random. One that always, oh, what the other thing I've done with them is filled them with potting mix and put succulents in them yeah. and used them as pot plants. And that was cool. And because they're amazing colors, that's the other thing about swimming caps is that, well, the ones that you've been bringing us, um, are amazing colours and that's something that with industrial discards quite often they're not. We get a lot of white and black yeah. and boring colours so to be able to inject some nice bright bouncy yeah. material into something is great. And so do you think swimming caps bring people joy? Should they be uh, keeping them or decluttering with them? <laughs> you should keep it and use it till it ain't got no more use. Yes, I have an issue with those sort of things, as we have discussed before, the trophy for just turning up. Um, I would love that if the joy of being in a race is the swimming and the sponsoring or whatever you initially thought you were going to do rather than getting that metal or just it's it's just so unnecessary and so frustrating and the you know it yeah that's the thing about reverse garbage reuse is great but yeah let's slow yeah our ultimate yeah our ultimate goal would be to go out of business 
right. you know, yeah. that's the thing. That's the slow. circular economy takes care of itself. Yes, or, but we just things just aren't produced that have that single use, and it's not just single bags, single use plastic bags, which is having an amazing, you know. And I think that whole the whole thing about single use plastic is heightening people's awareness of yep. what has been a problem for a long time, and that just hasn't had that public awareness and social campaigns behind them that's now bringing them is making people think and I hope it really is making people think about their choices that you know don't really look at an item before you buy it I was only saying to Fiona today, we haven't had many coffins donated recently. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. No. Um, we've had, and then... Uh, you say recently, so you have. In the past. We have had, I, I still, we still haven't, while I've been there, which is nearly four years working, I haven't had any, um, I'm waiting for fake eyes to come in. We get lots of denture moulds, they go, they sell quite well. Uh, it's probably best not to ask how. What? The denture molds. Well, no, but when you go and get your teeth moulded, they do that plaster cast mould. Oh, and then they're done. And then yeah. they're done. They're, yeah. you know, so we get bowls of those, and for some reason people love them. Technology is interesting. Um, I'm having a lot more people ring up about cassette tapes lately. Yeah. Have they got some people still out here? Yes. Um, records, obviously, but... It's, and it's intriguing when kids just come in and they go, what's this? And it's like, well, I can totally date you and your parents by the fact that <laughs> yeah. you've got That's no eye disc. disc. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm even thinking for pianola rolls, people used to have to pedal to make music. So we've had it, we, and pianola rolls when they come in, I don't get newspapers anymore. So people come in saying, have you got any newspaper? I want to make a piñata. Right. We don't have newspapers anymore, so they don't get donated because, and you know, because no one's really buying them. It's mostly we get a lot of negatives of things. So if a manufacturer's made, they want the circle. Right. We get the the yeah. series of no circles, um, and people use them for art, or I don't know what people use stuff for. We have just started measuring how much we take in per week and we we reckon we're diverting from landfill about five tonnes a week and that's just one little reverse garbage in a hundred year old army hut in Sydney. We have the, I think cities and towns have the potential to divert a lot more from landfill and, that, and one of the, and when I was talking about um, teachers starting reverse garbage 44 years ago it is still very much what we're focused on and we have um, a great um, team of educators that go out to schools and festivals and always with that message of re, you know reduce reuse recycle we've in invented well not invented but we've added another re and that's refuse before reduce so just really think about what you what you're buying um, 
and we also educate educators because they have that greater power you know as a parent you've got one three however many kids so only get to touch on those whereas educators get to talk to so many more children so we have uh, PD personal development training professional development um, where we teach teachers about using reuse resources not just going straight to the catalogue and buying prescription you know so there's this there's a big thing about loose parts play that whole thing about where the box is a lot more interesting and so much more fun than the toy and that's where reverse garbage is brilliant because we get these weird things that you just can't get in a catalogue and it's going to make you know and we have teachers that really get it and are in all the time and then others that walk in and kind of go this is just rubbish and then well no it's not you've got to start looking at things differently and you place this um you know this pile of barrels and spools and city of sydney banners and stuff and the things that the kids create and then the next day it's different and we shove it all back in the barrel and then get it out tomorrow and it's it's like lego used to be it wasn't you had to make this and that's another big message is only take what you need. That's a big message when we go out to schools is, you know, take what you need, use only what you need, and then share. <gasps> Don't get me started on those reusable cups. Bloody hell. Stop! No. Well, I am a fan, but stop selling them. We like, we had enough ugly mugs. We had enough mugs. Every there are enough. Just. I won't show you the two kid cups. In my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, and my daughter and I had this argument about. Oh, wait, mum, you're always so cranky. Yeah, I am, but what well, I don't, I don't like it when a market is created out of some sort of problem actually the problem was really probably never there you know and we all own cups anyway we all we all own cups and mugs anyway so that whole thing of and it is slow hopefully again slowly people's mentality are changing is changing that we already had mugs in our cupboard or whatever or sit down and enjoy the coffee where you are use the mug get it to get it washed Take a mug, walk slowly. I don't know what the solution is, but don't keep making more plastic shit that can be reused. There's a lot of things we don't need. Yeah. And people keep creating stuff for the sake of it. Because people are naturally creative and want to make stuff or design or express themselves. So I wouldn't like to be someone going to uni now who's a product or an industrial designer because there's a whole different... If I had my extreme way, it'd be stop production, there's enough stuff. (laughs) But technology's changing, so the whole, you know, we need a new iPhone every however many months, or the cameras get better, so I must have the new one and just shove it in the bottom drawer, or we don't repair things. Have you ever looked up the repair manifesto? rather see them say BYO swimming cap 
do you really need one? Then we'll give you one, maybe from last year's or something. How great is that? You're reusing and, you know, or if you're bringing your own and you want to donate a dollar to reverse garbage or some worthwhile environmental charity, do that instead. You know, so I think, and that would be my dream. Yeah. That there, you know, there is going to be no caps and trophies given out at fun runs, soccer matches, oh my God, the number of trophies. But there are lots of medals, there are lots of trophies, um, ribbons, that sort of thing. But people buy them and spray paint them and give them out at offices, you know, dues and things like that. But that's only a drop in the ocean, pardon the pun, um, of what is actually sitting gathering dust on shelves across Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. question for a Monday afternoon isn't it at the pub um, I think things are changing slowly I do get slightly depressed when you're driving around and you're listening to the radio about how fast climate change is what depresses me is the inaction of politicians what impresses me is what the general public are prepared to do so if politicians would just insert swear word here, um, pull their finger out and stand up for something rather than playing politics, I think, and really look at the facts and just actually stand for something without thinking, thinking long-term. So much politics, I feel, at the moment is short-term gain rather than long-term foresight, it's socialism is from Greens, Labor and Liberals, so you know, ah, there's a way in. There is a way in. Yeah. Excellent. They're out there swimming in this stuff and looking at the bottom of oceans, so they should be all over it, you know, and really standing up because I haven't seen a slowdown in waste. And there will always be waste. There always has been, there always will be. So I think if we can just start looking at it in a different way and putting it and extending the life of every item that it has exists that exists and will exist on this planet, I think that's the most important thing. And you are an ocean swimmer. No! I you like to swim in the ocean. ocean, I do. I like the pools. I do. I am, yes. I have done winter swimming. I intend to do more. I'm, I'm going to get a wetsuit. But then I keep thinking, oh, so they're made from plastics. Funny you should say that. I just had some donated today. They do make the good basis of a costume, so you can sew into them. Which leads me to another point. So the, one of the good stories about that, since I've been at Reverse Garbage, about reuse and that circular thing was, I just had this donation of stuff and within that was a Roman-esque style helmet which had like had brooms literally down the center as the you know the bristles or whatever and I just put it on a dummy a mannequin and this guy walked past and went 
oh my gosh, I designed that for a theatre production show I did however many years ago. Awesome. And he was standing there and said, that's unbelievable. What are the chances that it gets donated today? I'm walking past and see you put it out. Anyway, within two hours, he'd sent me the original photos of it on stage and his original costume drawings. That's the, yeah, they're the good stories. Um, I had a, uh, just last year we did an event called Community Craft Challenge. And that was an all ages, all abilities um, exhibition that we put on at the gallery at Addison Road. And the only prerequisite was that you had to have made it out of reuse materials. And then we had an art, you know, an opening and the exhibition. And it was great because kids that, you know, don't normally see this stuff in a gallery came along and we had you know professional artists entering their stuff so there was this really nice range of but it all worked and on the winner she did this most amazing thing you would love it because it's all um about the ocean and rock pools and stuff she uh, created around a milk crate and made all these oh, I'll send you the link um, she was in and someone whose mother used to shop at Reverse Garbage 40 years ago had recently passed and she'd been re-donating re stuff that she'd bought from Reverse Garbage that day and then the girl that had won the competition was standing there with the roll of stuff and we introduced them. So the stories and the, the therapy sometimes that goes behind some of the donations and things is... Is another. Oh, I wish and stuff some comes with story. stuff comes with a story, and I wish we had sometimes this time to slow down and record more of what actually happens at Reverse Garbage and the stories and the the stuff that's coming through because some of it's pretty unique. A guy turned up the other day and he was I, he'd put me in these bad books because he'd driven up onto our. You know, and I went on. Oh, so I was cranky to start with. So, so and then I said, do you "Look, do you mind just going up to a loading dock, blah de blah?" And he said, "That's fine." So we got up there. By the end of the donation, it was like, "Oh, my wife has just died, and this is all her wool." And I went, oh, "I'm so sorry to hear that." And this, that, and the other. And I said, "Did you, you know, have you got beautiful jumpers that she made from?" She said, "Yes, I've got one. She needed me one a year." I said, well, isn't that so? so, yes, so I'm about to cry now, but sometimes it's just like, you know, that, and so then that's another little part of my role is, well, thank you so much for donating. Things are going to get reused. It's not being chucked into the landfill. It's getting a second life. And thank you for taking the time to think about us and bring it to us so that it, its life is extended and all that collection that your wife is has not gone. So... I always think that it's kind of like, it's a cross between utopia and parks and recreation. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm a maker from a long time ago, and I was I did Although a course. Makerspace Vogue. Yeah, <laughs> that's. <laughs> and so I make uh, like the skirt and the top. This was an old tablecloth. So I make. I have sewn for a long time. I make stuff. I like old stuff. Where was this going? Oh yes, so I was at a course recently and the whole conversation came up about your past or why you're here, whatever, and I started writing down what I've actually done in my career. And I've done a, a few different things, but inherently what I discovered was that all of them involved reuse, but I hadn't realised it. So I've, uh, I worked... Oh, except for one early career but we'll ignore that but then I did I went to NIDA and I did costume making and while I was there you had to be incredibly creative because you're creating shows on no budget so it was like turning a 1970s suit because it was the right color to look like it was worn in the 1940s so changing the collar shape but making it fit and so that and you'd be scavenging around all the op shops looking for stuff to make your costumes and then I worked at a costume house so that again it was the same thing that things you know you'd take it up take it down let it out bring it in um, then I had worked had my own business but we, we were screen printing but we were always trying to find ways of using different base cloths or you know not buying new printing over printing onto different things so we were always looking for use things that we could overprint onto and now and then I left that because you know you need money um, running your own business does. <laughs> so into a yeah so well no but the first not-for-profit that I worked for was dress for success so they are you know getting clothes donated to them to give to women so that they can wear them to job interviews so that they're more successful if they don't have something in their wardrobe they can wear to the interview so we were getting all those clothes donated and reusing them and now I'm at reverse garbage so and and in my personal life I'm always you know trying to reuse repair not buy new so it was really interesting to so that to think that kind of I haven't consciously been doing it but it just is just this thing that I've been doing and now I'm here trying to advocate for it as well yeah. So did you go to NIDA as an actor or oh, got into no. costume? No, I don't act, so, which don't. is what we all used to say NIDA actually stood for. Because with the <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't act. <laughs> no, I did costume making, so theatre crafts it was called then. So. Uh, one of them is the production designer for Game of Thrones. That's pretty big. Yep. So do the production companies come from this government in Australia? Uh, the the buyers that know, and I can usually pick them. I go, what do you, what film are you buying it for? And they like to come in incognito, and it's like I can pick them. <laughs> so it's like, oh, how did yeah? But it's good to get to know them because I can say, right, what are you filming? What are you doing? Look, we've got this. I know this is coming in. I do like rummaging through people's bins. There you go. There you go. So when we turn up to somewhere, it's always what are you throwing out rather than what you think you called me for. People should be making. Have you heard that thing about um, surgeons in the UK, the youth of today, listen to me getting like an old cranky mother. <laughs> yes, the youth of today, they can't use their hands. They can't stitch. They can't sew anymore because they're all been doing this, she says, 
moving her thumbs like she's texting. When I'm with kids, I see them that they can't cut. So there's this whole, yes, well, yeah, but you're a bit older than kids today. So there is this thing of that, that, that creating and using your hands, I think, generally needs to come back if we're going to survive. Uh, and, and, oh God, don't get me started on that. I find that the undervaluation of music and arts and craft in Australia just gives me the absolute, that it's just not valued. And they're so inherent to creativity and opening up your mind and just that, you know, that we value and, you know, sportsmen and women and, but just that we need to start valuing artists, crafters, words you know people that use their hands and it, it, it just oh, I, I don't have the words but it just drives me nuts yeah, when I can't see there's yeah. a huge disparity and you know if you can use your hands and just uh, the difference between writing something down or putting it you've got or typing it you know I think there's a loss of personality I'm just a big fan of making, of just doing stuff from the beginning. Like, don't buy the cake mix. You can yep. start at the very beginning with just, with no difference. With no difference. That, you know, just draw it, make it, try it out. And the other thing, and the other, just, you're not going to get it first go. You've got to you've got to keep trying and trying over and over you know things used to take time so that this whole invention of um, knitting slows you down I love a good knit commuter craft means sewing on a train really stitching or knitting on a train so take things to watch you know sit by the and repair visible mending that's my favorite put a hole in your jeans put that patch on the outside don't try to hide it Make it a design decision. Don't be afraid to be an individual, you know, wear what you've made. And I invented a word, blandardizing. So everything's becoming very bland and everyone wants to look the same or follow the same thing. So this is getting a bit off topic now, isn't it? So that whole thing of, you know, when you see something on Instagram and then you go there and you think I've already seen it. There's no surprises really. So maybe, yeah, so we just stop looking stop looking at our phones so much. Oh, don't get me started on that one. Because I worked in the rag trade for a while. When designs were hand-painted, the artwork was hand-painted, and then each colourway had to be hand-painted. And now it's all done on computer. And you can really tell the difference between a hand-painted design, and which kind of gets back to what I was talking about, of that use of the hand rather than everything being so computer generated or um, looking very, it does. And um, yeah, now I think there's that whole thing of just everything does look similar. And H, you know, all the big brands are in every country. So if you're lucky enough to travel, you get somewhere and you go, I've seen that. It's the same formula. And that's a bit depressing. It takes the uniqueness out of it, or the specialness. Stop using that word. The the reason why you wanted to go somewhere different. Yeah, yeah. There's no discovery.
Thank you for joining us on another edition of The Pod, or as I should probably call it this week, The Pub. Thanks for the beers, Kirsten. That was a really interesting chat. If you'd like any more information on Reverse Garbage, on Recap, on Kirsten's work, or anything you heard in this podcast, including the songs used, get over to the website at www.thepodpodcast.net. That's www.thepodpodcast.net. Hope you're enjoying your summer if you're in the Southern Hemisphere or your winter if you're in the North. I'll catch you next time on The Pod.